Hi, beautiful. You are listening to the Africana Woman podcast and I am your host, Chulu. Every week I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation, and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie. It may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. You have heard it said affectionately, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, what happens when you as a woman are not forthcoming with said child and the village begins to demand for what they think they are owed? Today, we are navigating a very sensitive topic and it's somewhat taboo in our cultural settings. And this is African women who are not able to have children. Our cultures revere motherhood as sacred and it propels a woman's respect and status immediately. However, you would be shocked to hear the statistics on how many African women are struggling with infertility. Yet we don't talk about this. My guest today, Lynette, was so brave and gracious to share her own personal journey with infertility. We had such a rich conversation that I think will definitely give you pause to think about the way you have treated women who you assume are barren. Kenyan-born Lynette Kamau is a wife, lawyer, marketer, bibliophile, and a travel and cultural enthusiast. Fun fact, she is always extra. (laughs) So without further ado, here is my conversation with Lynette. Hi. Hi. So let's get started. Lynette, I guess in your own words, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, okay. (laughs) What you mentioned are things that I do, are things that I found myself as. Um, But I think for me, I define myself in five words. Honesty, adventure, curiosity, justice. Forgotten Uh the fifth one. It's not (laughs) what happens. But those ones just sum me up. Eh? Oh, I know the final one, empathy. Yes. So as well, ah, the, that's a good know, one. Are those adjectives or adverbs? Yes. My whole life is centered around. Yeah. So that's me. Yeah. Okay. Say, I'm very so very very much extra in everything. <laughs> yes, yeah. we know that one. People don't know. They'll be like, "Mm, she's too much. Yeah, I'm all that. Yeah. So we can get started. All right. So our our topic today uh, African women who cannot have children. I think let's start with how, what is the significance that is put on women being mothers in the African culture? Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Okay, um, first of all, I want to start with a disclaimer. We are not medical practitioners, we are not statisticians, we are not fertility experts. <laughs> we do not claim to speak for the uh, gender Africa woman, the whole continent, uh, but we'll maybe try to speak from our own opinion, our own experience. Um, mm. And for me, when you speak about childbearing in the African context, I think we'll start by looking at what's the the significance of a child in the African mm-hmm. context. Um, they represent continuity, wealth, fertility, well-being, you know, wealth. You know, it's, it's funny, like, um, when you look at our history, um, it was about how many children you had, you know, and there's always that concept that wherever you live, whatever you live is actually your children. So it's really important mm-hmm. in terms of continuity, in terms of giving you status, even respect. If you look at, uh, for women, Roman justice society, Without children, you consider your boy a girl. <laughs> and even like in most cultures, especially in the African society, you look at it, uh, you find that once even you get a child, um, your identity goes from Lynette to Mama so and so or Vanna so and so, like we say it in Zambia. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, you can imagine if you know you don't have a child, um, that whole aspect of identity. I think mm. it, or not, and it's just almost like a society expectation after a certain stage. You know, nowadays we expect you to mm-hmm. go to school. After we are looking, are you getting a job? After getting a job, why is the man? And after the man, where is the child? And if you can bring as a man, at least bring as a child. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Quite mm-hmm. Yeah, it really yeah. has a yeah, I think when you said identity, I was just like, oh, yes, you know, just like you said, in Zambia, they say Vana, which is mother of, uh, then your child's name. And some people, you know, it's like when you meet them, oh, I'm Vana Mary. And you never know their own name. And their identity yeah. is just yeah. highly wrapped up in in uh, motherhood and being someone's mother. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that um, is so true. Something interesting. Notice we call ourselves Mama Africa. Mm, mm-hmm. Africa will always be referred in motherland. You see that that whole connotation towards motherhood, you know, it just gives you a sense of the importance of being a mother in the African setup. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So now, unfortunately, there are some women that cannot have children. Now, uh, I'd like to distinguish because we're talking about women that cannot have children as opposed to women that choose not to have children. Um, yeah. I think those are two very different um, situations. But today, we're we're, we're going to focus on women that cannot meaning, you know, it may be um, a medical condition or whatever it is, um, but they cannot have children. So when we have, um, when there is a woman that cannot have children, how is that woman treated in society? How are they seen? Um, When we speak about a woman who cannot have children, um, like I, I like how you differentiate it because the whole point is about the desire. Is the desire there to have children? So for those who desire to have children and um, they cannot have, um, if you look at the general, like the medical way of assessing who cannot is if you have, especially for one continuous year, 
what um, you've been having unprotected sex and um, you've not been mm -hmm. able to conceive. That's one category. And then there are those who they're able to conceive but not carry to term. That's why we have all these, those who fall under chemical pregnancy, still bad and miscarriages. Um, amongst, like it's, it's such a wide area. We are not going to touch on to men who cannot conceive because that's also a huge part. <laughs> you know, there are so many men who cannot, um, we call them the sterile or, or whatever they mm -hmm. call them. Medical conditions are men. But mm -hmm. it's actually, what you see, when you see that in society, a lot of times they always assume it's the woman who has the problem. Now, when you are a woman in that position, and I'll speak personally maybe from previous experience and what I've observed, eh? first of all, there's a lot of stress that comes with it. Um, there's a lot of stigma, a lot of isolation, a lot of um, labeling. Okay. Um, What's you the find a lot Labeling, Is it like, the last Labeling, okay. <laughs> I have the Kenyan accent. Eh? So <laughs> you'll be called names like barren, you're less than a woman, you know, like just being boxed into a certain category. You know, there's a lot of sadness that comes, and then a lot of strain that comes emotionally, physically, um, economically, even culturally, just on the women who cannot. Be able to have children, so it it it's it, it's it's one of the worst places to be. I'd say as a woman, it, it, it's quite an mm -hmm. and it's a very sad and isolated and sh and shunned part of society. It's one of those things we don't publicly speak of. I, I'm yet to see very few women come out to the public and say, "Hey, I'm struggling," you know, because for me, inability to have children nowadays you can have children. I've seen people who are sixty. You know, with the technology and stuff. Uh, even 60 year olds are having kids, um, IVF assistants and all that. But to just come out and say that I'm struggling, even to have a mm. child, like, you know, it, it, it's quite, it, it's difficult because, you know, they, all these labels, you know, where you'll be placed, you know, even just the whole personal fear. Um, of course, because of the whole burden on society, also how you feel towards yourself. Um, it, 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 it's a very it's a very scary space to be in and a very isolated space and you don't know who to talk to because we don't know who is passing how and you know it, it, it is a very lonely space to be in yeah. Yeah. so let's talk a little bit more um about what people, you know what type of things people say you know, already you mentioned oh, you're, you're barren, you're, you know, and there's what, what type of things do people actually place on a woman by assumption, I would even think. The ones I've had, you're cursed. Okay. Um, you had so many abortions. I don't know why, especially if you're at an advanced age. Yeah, she had so many abortions in her youth. You see now, that's why she's struggling to have kids. Um, I've had a lot of that. Yes, those are some of their kids. They just look at you and assume like there has to be mm. something. It's either that or it's a curse. Um, or it, it, I don't know, like it's just, you know, those ones like just, you'll just be called less than a woman. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not part of. You don't belong to the women. Like you can actually, if you can't deliver, then you don't deserve that title. You know, like I don't know whether you should be stuck on being a girl or something. But yes, there's a lot of um, unfair titles that come with it. Um, some assume 
um, especially when they look at you and assume you're healthy and you're not saying anything, um, they'll call you like, uh, she's more interested in career. You know, you, they just, there's a lot of assumptions that go, yeah, she's just more interested in career. She doesn't want to ruin her body. She wants to remain at and um, I've seen, like, again, it's a sensitive topic, so very few people will actually approach you and talk to you, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then there's only one thing, like, why are you delaying us? <laughs> so you are delaying them. Why are you delaying us? Why are you, why are you not giving us children? <laughs> yeah. So there will be all this, you're selfish. There's so many things, so many labels, depending oh, on who's speaking, I will come to them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and, um, and you know, yeah, when, when we talk about who says this, who actually says it, you know, um, who, who do these things, these um, labels come from? Because, you know, it's one thing to hear it from, I don't know, someone at work, someone that you're uh, not particularly attached to, you know, but then who actually says this to, to women, um, I'd say a lot of times for me, like from experience, I've seen it's fam- first of all family, um, and the extended family, yeah, even your own family, the close nuclear family. There's a lot of um, these attacks will come from family associates, and you know, the thing about when you're in that point of life, you're very sensitive. Eh? So, these comments come even from strangers, people who attended your wedding, and it's been two years, and you've not given us results. And it's just a random stranger. <laughs> so um, it, it, the words don't, I'd say the ones that hit hard the most are the ones that come from family, but mm. also friends. And for me, I just say people who've not gone through it. And let me just generalize and say anybody who's not been through it, they tend to use mm-hmm. this one. And I'll confess, I'll confess personally, when I was young, I remember I had been raised in a society where I knew after school, as long as you, you've gotten a man, like, the next thing is a baby. And I remember, like, maybe when I was there, maybe 22, 23, I'd meet, of course, ladies who are older than me and who had maybe attended their wedding and, hey, boss, it's been three years. Like, what's wrong? You know, if I see you bloated, like, hey, what's going on? Like, why are you not giving? And I think we need the same thing from up. <laughs> I see you bloated. Asking a celebrating. Yeah, and for me, it's one, it, it's taught me a lesson that's, not everybody who says okay there are those who use the mean word eh? but no some of these people who will be like on a light note will be like hey why are you not giving us children they don't mean it they don't necessarily mean it from a bad point most of them are just ignorant they, they've never gone through that mm-hmm. they don't understand but and i think what i've seen of late, of late lately is um sensitization about how some of these questions do not do not go asking couples like when are they getting children you don't know um there's so many issues there's so many factors that could and, and it's none of your business i think but for a long time you know children were raised by the village so it was an, a village affair like when when are you bringing us something to raise <laughs> so the should yeah. actually be the one who use these words on you <laughs> when i say the whole village it means from your parents <laughs> And even, mm-hmm. you know, the sad part, some people, even their own spouses, you know, your, their own partners are the same ones. Wow. Yes. If you look at the number of women who maybe, um, we've had a lot of cases over, he left you because you couldn't bear children. You know, he's always calling you mm-hmm. barren. Like He'll always mention how you're not delivering. And sometimes it's not even, you don't know whether it's his fault or not, but it's as close as these people telling you these words. 
And the final group is actually you yourself. You find yourself saying like, I'm a failure. You know, I cannot deliver. So you start even these negative words, you start telling them. I think it's a phase, you tell them yourself. So I'd say yourself, people close to you, and just the general population. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, when you're mentioning that, you know, even just strangers, I think um, that sounds like, you know, certain things trigger you, like certain words would would trigger you. And um, when you're saying that you're highly sensitive, then there's certain things that would trigger you. And, you know, um, you know, in other situations, maybe you wouldn't have um, reacted that way or, you know, yeah, but that's. Yeah, that's quite, quite sad. Um, so, being that we are in Africa, <laughs> and we, like you said, it takes a village to raise a child. So, like the village thinks that they should be all up in your business about when this child is coming that they should raise. <laughs> what would you say to? Um, what would you say to a woman who has um, who is experiencing this? And I think there's probably different stages. Also, you know, maybe someone has been someone is at let's say two years of trying, and then in, in comparison to someone who's ten years of trying and all of that. So, what what type of um, uh, what type of advice would you give them in terms of how to deal with the village? Um, first of all, for me, I think the first advice or piece of information I'd share with them, it's you're not alone. If you look at mm. Africa, actually statistics currently show we are at about 30% to 40% of women in Africa. They're either experiencing um, primary or secondary infertility. So the fact that yours is not a Okay, Lynette. Let's just define that. Define uh, primary oh. and secondary fertility because that's primary. not a common term. <laughs> Sorry. Primary infertility is where um, you've not been able to conceive or maybe carry to term, okay, due to a uh, particular condition, a baby. Secondary infertility, and this one is the most common, and is when you've had a baby, but you cannot have, subsequently, you can't have children. Maybe you've had one or two, but now you struggle down the line, you cannot have anymore. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's why I, I remember there was an article I was reading where they call Africa the infertility belt, actually, and it's really worrying because um, if you look at our uh, our region in terms of uh, com in compared to other regions worldwide, uh, we have the highest in terms mm -hmm. of this case. Yeah, of course, what? things like access to healthcare, you know, reproductive health, and all these our own cultural practices and all that uh, may contribute to all these. Uh, but first, I'll just tell the woman you're not alone. It's, you know, even if you're a woman who's lost a baby out there, you're there and uh, you're just not able, maybe you're having miscarriages and things like that. Statistically, one in, I think one in two pregnancies, you'll be shocked. The st statistics of miscarriages and losses are actually one, yes, 50% of pregnancies. Either they end up in, a, in, a, in some form of blood. So you are not alone. I don't know for me whether it's that whole mentality or feeling like, oh, I'm not the only one. I don't know whether that helps. Yeah, and because it helps you not first of all isolate yourself, and then you help it helps to to realize that there's a whole community out there. I would advise such women first of all. There's so many 
um, platform which are available for women with similar stories. Okay, which mm. um, was in such it's even it's even easier to get help because now you get people who have actually maybe had similar conditions to what you had, and maybe they've had to they've successfully had a pregnancy at the end or some um, or carried a child, or even just that whole sharing create a community around you. Um, number three, for me, I'll tell them like it's time that you learn how to speak kindly to yourself. Okay, the world out there, be ready, will fight you. You cannot fight yourself. Awesome. Okay, it's time that you learn to love yourself and to discuss and, and, and define yourself. Beyond your, I always say, define yourself beyond your uterus. Okay, just look at yourself and find value in you beyond just being a mother. All right, because the whole society might define you that people will just look at you and see a uterus, eh? but you need to be able to see yourself holistically and define yourself in so many other areas and discover that there's so, there's so much you can do in this world to provide love and care that goes even just beyond being a mother. So if the first person, if you yourself internally accept yourself, and then now that almost even gives you the first step towards seeking solutions. And then I'll tell you, there's a lot of, there's so many resources out there, okay? Mm. Um, unfortunately in Africa, I don't know whether, whether I'm speaking for the right statistic, but we have very few fertility specialists. Please note, okay. Gynecologists and obstetricians are not fertility specialists. Obstetri okay. Oh, yeah, and that's, they're the majority, and we all go to them and assume that the fertility specialists, and because of, and also the cost is quite prohibitive. You find there are very few. I, 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 can, I can only name maybe one I know in Lusaka, and very expensive. Eh? Um, so they are not fertility specialists. So even when you're looking for help, just look at the right direction. But for me, I always tell people from my own experience, be armed with the information yourself. Okay? Mm -hmm. There's information out there. There are books to read. There's lots of information in the internet. There are apps like, sorry, maybe I can mention this one, Baby Center app, where you can just log in and find a group with 100,000 of women who are going through whatever you're going through. Like if you have PCOS and your metrosis and mm -hmm. a wealth of experience from which you can learn from. And for me, I'd like, I tell someone to tap into that. It helps you mm -hmm. even learn how to manage your condition, how to manage, you know, not everybody can afford um, to visit the specialist and stuff, but once the information out there, why don't you just tap into that? So I think pretty much that's how personally I handle it. Yeah, at a time when I struggled because um, inability to have children, it's not necessarily, it, it can be temporary. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, it's not a lifetime thing. It's not something we've ruled you out unless it's a, maybe an anatomical condition when we say, okay, she has no uterus, she has no, like the whole anatomy is not there, carry a child. And even then, there's still other ways in which you can um, feel get a child, yeah, you know, surrogacy and all these other options that are currently available. But once I went through that phase, for me, I think those are the lessons I learned the hard way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sis, are you like me? I literally live by my calendar. If it's not on there, it does not exist, nor does it happen. But quick question, are you on your calendar? I don't mean all the activities that you do for and with others. I mean, do you have a day that is all about you? Not babies, not bay, not work, or anything else that keeps you busy. I'm asking you to be your own bay. So one day a month, Africana Woman will host in-person events in Lusaka that give you permission to practice self-love. 
This is not just another networking event. You know, restaurants and cocktails. No, darling. Instead, we're partnering with local businesses to give you unique experiences like paint and sip, a ladies hike or a body positive dance class. Like you do not want to miss this. So come on then, join us, sign up today, be your own bay. Find the link in the show notes or go to africanawoman.com. Now back to the conversation. So, let, let, okay, then let's take it back a little bit then. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about your experience. What was your experience um, with not, with, you know, infertility? Okay, um... I don't remember the term they used for it, but for me it was called it's called undiagnosed. You know where they've done all the tests, mm-hmm. and for me it was really a shocker because you know how <laughs> you've always thought, and I think that's what's the worst thing like when you get into this space. Eh? You've always thought it's a one touch, one time. So all my life I've avoided getting pregnant. <laughs> so for me, I thought once I got married. Um, I even said, let's stay for one year, we enjoy. And trust me, people, first of all, do not understand what are you enjoying about each other? What are you learning about each other? So that space, I felt a lot of pressure. And, you know, people never understood when I said things like, I was I was unable to have a child at that point because I wasn't in the bright position for that. I, I think that was the time I was, in, um, I was going through some form of therapy to deal with my anxiety, trauma, and depression. And when you tell people, especially in African countries, they look at you like, mm, okay, that's, that is so Western. <laughs> for you to tell us that you can't have a child because of that. Um, of course, the financial beat, yes, but people are looking at me like, no, you can afford to feed yourself, then you can feed the baby. And then finally, when I was really not to have a child, for me, I thought it would be a one touch. Ah, boss. Mm-hmm. Two touch, three touch. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> so you go to the doctor, you have your scan and all that. And they tell you, you're fine. And I remember so many doctors just told me, like, you're just stressed. And I'm like, they'll be like, just relax. Boss, how do you relax? It's the hardest thing. And I tried relaxation and nothing was working. And that's for me, that's why I tell people um, about research when I talk about research. Because, again, remember who we are dealing with. Eh? Um, I rem- I, to be honest, I went to... Uh, gynecologists, I really didn't go to fertility specialists at this point. So, and then, you know, gynecologists, basically them, they drill with the reproductive system. They look, your uterus is there, your fallopian tubes are working, your eggs are okay. And yeah, you're fine. <laughs> and which, let me tell you, it's complex. It just, it's not just about having the physical things there. There's all these hormone issues mm-hmm. and all that. And so for me, um, finally we discovered I had a hormonal problem. Um, I had... Um, it's 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 called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, a very prevalent condition, especially among black women. Um, it had been gone for a long time undiagnosed because it's like one of those. I don't want to call it a lifestyle disease, but it's, it's triggered by lifestyle. So when I moved countries and my dad changed, I was going through so much stress and all that. Um, created a lot of hormonal imbalances. I had too much adrenaline on my system. My pituitary gland was all over the place. Now my hormones are no longer working normally. But you remember my system, everything was fine. So when I go to hospital, when they've done all the profiling, I'm okay. 
um that's when i went into research and um that's all for me i'm telling you like i couldn't afford to go to this specialist or rather the one no the no specialist within my disposal or me just say and that's when out of research i discovered oh my condition is like this these are the and so when i went next time to my doctor i was armed in for, with information like hey i think based on my symptoms of my disease i think i may have this and this and this and we just discovered it was just a hormonal issue but and it, it's funny like along the way i had formed uh, i had so many friends who had the similar condition and and i i just got in contact with them and so would always share and be like hey you did you discover you have oh you have low pro- progesterone so gluteal insufficiency and one not and we had solutions i was so shocked we had solutions amongst ourselves so for me it would all share information but i wouldn't say don't never self medicate just bounce off that with your uh, practitioner after uh-huh. that and um i think for me that really helped but for a long time trust me it was a struggle and i got branded so many things i was shocked like when two weeks after my wedding i wasn't pregnant there were already questions <laughs> two weeks i was given two weeks to deliver by the village <laughs> within two weeks you were asking questions when mm. yeah what explain now <laughs> so it was a really tough time and uh yeah i'd say it was a really tough time and uh, i i started even feeling like a failure myself and i'm one of those people who i was a high performer from a very young age so finally i was facing my own failures hey you thought you can deliver everything yeah something within there's no within your control so it was a really tough period for me to go through that mm. and yeah, oh, and even just comments from friends like hey why are you delaying you know when are you joining us like and how do i tell you like what do i tell you i mean i mean if i tell you, what do i tell you i have pcos it's such a long history that i'm not really going to go into it so you just smile swallow it and um, i like to tell myself like they don't mean they don't they don't try to be me they're not trying to be me mm-hmm. they're actually i call them they're just not sensitized about these things yeah so i think it's one of those conversations we need to have with people when you see and um so okay sorry yeah you mentioned that you had friends that you were having conversations with how long did it take for you to open up to your friends and you know how did that conversation start um i think for me the beauty about it is when i was diagnosed with the condition I really didn't think it had any link to fertility issues and I'm a very open person. I think for me I'm, disease is not one of those things I shy away. Especially since for me it's one of most one of those diseases I went to get for myself. You know I wasn't being careless. It's genetic. <laughs> it's genetic or like it's like saying I have a tooth ache. I don't know for me I've never really been embarrassed about such things. Um and I think also let me just say I had um you know I had friends sisterhood people I could, I could speak to you know mature friends who I could speak to and be like hey i have this thing eh? and you know i took it so lightly at the beginning for me i used to tell them like oh by the way me i have this thing and it means i can't have periods i don't have periods every day and i was i didn't even realize the seriousness of the whole thing eh? i was just discussing mm. periods periods with your girlfriends and everything um and, and you know some of them are shocked because halfway through the like me too and like oh you too and they, i think they were looking at me from a, like she's so naive she didn't even realize what she's speaking about and i was like but why haven't you ever told us oh, i don't know those things i'm embarrassed about but i don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about these things honestly i don't maybe it's just me but yeah 
I don't think some of those things we should be shy about. Yeah, just be open about about it. So many women are actually suffering from the same things we're suffering. From your story, someone else will learn something. Someone else's story will actually impact you in some way. So I don't think it's one of those things we should be really shy about, yeah. But also be careful who you're sharing with, eh? yeah. That's true. That's true. I think, okay, let's talk a little bit, I guess, about who do you think, um, what type of uh, qualities would you look for in a person that you should be, that you could be sharing, you know, something like this with? Um, you know, again, I, I would really like, I would encourage people, um, of course, there's your close friends. Um, these people, especially people who maybe you know, a lot of times people who've been through this journey, you will tell. You know, we stayed six years without kids. Chances are, eh? So <laughs> I'm not saying you go pointing out to come to people who were six years they didn't have children and everything, but I think it's just about let's normalize this conversation. I don't think let's profile who we speak, and until we normalize it to the point that anybody can speak about it. You know, personally for me, it's something I even speak with men and they look at me like, eh, let's not touch those topics. Let's not touch those topics. But for me, I'm like, no, there's nothing to be sure about. This is some a condition probably your grandmother has it, your mother has it, you know, and it's uncomfortable. So if we're going mm. to remove stigmatization from this whole ancestorization, for me personally, I would say, let's speak about these issues. Okay, and sometimes if you want to test, let me just give a, I don't know whether this is even really good advice, but if you really know social, just start the conversation with someone on a general point, like, hey, have you heard about this? And, and just see how they receive it and how they respond. And then now maybe you can feel like, is this the kind of person that actually said like, ah, actually the reason I was asking you when discussing this is because I am going through this. And that kind of thing. I think sometimes you might need to test the waters, yeah. I think that, that that's for me how I profile my friends. Who do I speak to about what? I'll be like, hey, I have a friend who has this condition. Yeah, but speak to your doctor. Speak to your doctor before you speak to other people out there. So that don't go saying I have this, I have this until you know you have maybe a first or second opinion from like doctors. Yeah. So I, I want to talk to the village. What would you say to the village? <laughs> I always didn't ask any other words. Just what would you say to the village? Um, you know, I've had, I've seen some advice going around telling the village it's none of your business. Mm. But it's very difficult because remember we're Africans. It takes a village. So for me, I'll be like, I'll reverse that and tell them it's your business okay and it's your business how you approach these matters it's a business how you handle the women in society uh, especially when it comes to reproductive issues it's all our business okay uh -huh. so matters when we're talking about mindsets huh? um when we're talking about how do you look at a woman what's her value who is she beyond just the reproductive system um it takes a village to have that mindset shift who takes the old people to change that whole, you know, old view towards, you know, how women were viewed, uh, the young people, not to believe that these are not their issues. You know, we need to teach our young people that these are real. Because if you look at most of these conditions and the and the metrosis, most of these conditions that you see, especially the medical conditions, they start at an early age, okay, for girls. Mm. Things like, I didn't know I had PCOS by the time I was 13. 
actually I had the symptoms, but we had so many issues. I'll just say like, ah, I have a pain here on the side, but had I been sensitized about these things and maybe taught and knew, like maybe would have controlled the condition better rather than me coming to handle it 15 years later. You know, so for me, the village is, let's teach the children around us. Let's, let's teach each other. You know, this is information you may need to share with your, um, the older generation. Some of them maybe don't access, have access to the internet. They're not aware of these things. So these are things we should uh, share with them. So let's sensitize ourselves, let's, let's educate ourselves. And finally, let's also be sensitive in how we approach women. If you look at a woman and you see, maybe she's not able to bear a child. First of all, that's the part I'll tell you. Don't go accusing. First of all, don't go with your label. Don't go with your assumptions. Eh? And and with it, even if she doesn't just doesn't want to have children, that's her choice. Okay. So let's respect people's spaces. Um, and let's be sensitive. Um, I remember a scenario where um maybe just to share, I don't know that this is what we call TMI, but I was in a state as well. I was having a pregnancy loss. Remember I told you when you have PCOS, you have a lot of those chemical pregnancies and things like that, miscarriage. And I'm seated with people who I'm actually bleeding. And you're busy telling me how I'm not giving you guys food. Do you realize how I had to swallow, you know, to suck it up and, you know, pull it in and all that and not just make you feel guilty by just telling you, actually, I'm actually going through a really difficult time and you're not making it easier. So we need to make it easier for these women who are actually... Um, uh, struggling, let me use the word struggling, I don't want to say un unable, because I've seen mm. until you're 80, that's when we move you out. Eh? In the meantime, <laughs> you're a candidate. <laughs> Anything could happen along the way. So let's be sensitive in how we approach such matters and such people, um, and especially with the enabling it. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 and then only speak to understand when it's your, it's within, I only say like, if we are not friends, if we are not related, you know, mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. Eh? If I feel safe enough to confide in you or share with you, fine. But if not, I think let's just learn to mind our business. And let's not look at women as just reproductive objects. I've seen it when women mm -hmm. are running positions of power and whatnot. The question is always, like, she doesn't even have children. Let me tell you, being a child, having a child doesn't mean you're kind, you're responsible and all those things. Let's remove that kind of mindset. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like having a child doesn't make you complete. You're actually complete on your own. Yeah. Being a mother is for me, I actually don't use, I've seen it in religious setting being called gifts. For me, I call it, it's a responsibility. So even those who are struggling and they want children, they are looking for that responsibility. It's not the gift that makes us, some of us privileged or some of us not privileged. It's a responsibility. Yeah, and that child is not you just are a custodian for some time, eh? And then they become adults at least. So it's just a responsibility for that in its point of time. So let's learn to look at women holistically and not just with that narrow tunnel vision of yeah. It's about how much and how many you reproduce for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I also just want to talk a little bit about, I don't know, things maybe you've heard, um, seen or maybe experienced. What are the lengths that um, some women will go to to um, to bear children, you know, because of the pressure, the society pressures? What type of things um, what type of things do people resort to? Do women resort to? 
You know, uh, first of all, like you said, like the cost of um, reproductive healthcare is quite high. We're talking about some solutions like IVF. If you look at uh, maybe our country, Zambia, you need to have, it's $8,000, I think, currently. Yeah, with our current rate of the dollar. For one cycle, which there's no guaranteed success. Just tell me how many people can afford that. So what I've seen, we've resulted to, you know, some some unconventional practices, you know. Um, we've had cases of, you know, how many people go to pastors to pray for them. They're exploited in the process, you know, buying holy oil, you know, <laughs> traveling to different countries to go see certain prophets. You know, and, um, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's a, you may feel like you want to laugh at such women, but no, the desperation is real. Um, people go to, through witchcraft. There's some people who steal babies. You know, you've heard of such cases in hospitals. Yeah, you you yeah. you pretend you'll have a pregnancy, even to your neighbors. Eh? So you'll be wearing clothes, but you already have a contract with someone. On a particular day, nine months from now, you're giving me a baby. That's how they end up stealing babies from hospitals. Yes. Um, I've just seen like extreme practices and then on a personal level I've seen people who they've lost families they've isolated themselves they've gone into depression um, some people have committed suicide over the same you know it's, it, it's, it's a really it's a really really sad situation and that's what for me I'm, it can go like there's just a whole caseload of what people do out there especially due to desperation, mm -hmm. due to the grief and sadness that's around the whole, yeah. So those are just some of the practices that maybe I'm aware of, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you think that there is enough sensitization around this particular issue? Uh, where would women be able to find, you know, um, more information? Um. The information is there in terms of sensitization. I don't think because it's still a taboo subject in the African culture, across all the economical sectors. Whether you know you wanna call whichever demographic is still a taboo subject. Okay, and so once, like I was saying, like once we normalize these things, once we accept and look at the statistics and just see, like okay, if something is a 50 percent of our population, like hey. It's no longer a minority issue. Eh? It's something we all, you know, someone who's going through, or there are very high chances you'll be the one who has to go through it. So once we normalize these conversations, I think things will be easier. But the information is out there. Um, currently, I've seen there's a there are a lot of um, there, there there's a lot of uh, there are all there are a lot of NGOs that's out there that help people. But for me, currently, what I'll see is the quickest and easiest, most accessible is online. Okay, we have so many mm -hmm. Facebook groups, we have so many um, Instagram groups, there are groups everywhere that of people who have similar issues. And I've seen in most of these groups, what you find is um, there's a lot of information shared, a lot of peer counseling, if I could say, um, and a lot of um, they, they, they also give you a lot of direction based on where you are, you know, and even in Zambia, like you know depending on your area a lot of times just go online and search you know struggling to have children in zambia or not you know fertility issues in zambia there's always been 
some online group or some online resources around the same, and they will be able to direct you, okay, where did you get the best healthcare? Where do you get financing for some of these? Maybe they'll need to go through IVF. Where do you get counseling session? How do you go about it? Who are the best doctors to handle what? Yeah, so I think for me, that is the easiest and currently most, because that one, you don't really need to be physically present in a certain place to be able to access that. That's one of those things that cuts across, yeah. Mm, and it's global, mm, yeah, you can share information with people everywhere. Yeah. yeah yeah okay thank you for that um and i guess you know when it's looking for um resources sorry let me just read this comment from kanya i believe it's there and that's in reference to um sensitization and information um so i believe it's there not sufficient um it's not sufficient um there's not sufficient sensitivity on the matter, starting with the language that is used to describe women who aren't naturally able to have children. So what do you what do you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I agree. There's still remember what you say, there's still it's it's still a taboo subject in our culture. And so People have not really been sensitized about things, these things. Just try to even talk to the average guy. Just talk to the next, the guy next to you about these issues. You see how they'll shy away from the topic. Like, no, those are women's issues. <laughs> Much as reproduction is um, it's a community issue, those are women's issues, you know. Uh, and, you know, like, if you look at our our culture, different young people, just even the interaction with the older women, how easy is, is it to just approach the old, some of these things? Or do they, like... That those are above, you know, <laughs> those are beyond you. <laughs> you know, how much information is being shared from the older generation to the younger generation about this. And if you look, we've carried on uh, the old practices, you know, just before we were enlightened, the old practices of um, where women in the African society back in the day, some of them would actually be uh, miscommunicated, like from the community, they'll be like sent away. You know, you're a caste. Remember what you said? You're a caste. So even the names, like, even in, I remember in my community, some of the words they use ish to just describe it. It's, it's actually even an insult. All right. Sometimes when they're insulting people, they insult you using those same words. Um, the barren woman, you know, barren land, barren woman, just an inability to. It's not really a label. And that for me, that's what I was saying. Like, it's actually a label. You know, you're labeled as barren. Nobody looks at it from struggling because of. You know what I mean? Inability because of, you know, we don't really go behind. You don't have kids for three years. Barren, barren, barren. And that whole, you know, just the whole label, barren. It's, it's I don't know, it's a yeah. painful. Yeah. And and there's definitely a timeline to it that, you know, we, there's a, a timeline that people have put to when you should be having children. They'll tell you when, this is when you should be having children and not necessarily thinking about, okay, it can take three years, it can take five years, it can take nine years. But, you know, and just normalizing that as well. Yeah, and I don't know, even just not only time, like even age, you know, um, I, I've seen like, Trust me, the moment you hit 25 in the African society, there's that eye that starts coming, eh? Uh -huh. <laughs> and you have, and you know, it's like 25 to 30. So you have such a short window <laughs> to, to deliver to the village the expectations. 
So in about 30, they start having this questioning look, you know, and they're like, hey, you know, now you're old. And I remember, <laughs> you're 30 without a kid, you're old. You're dismissed. <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny because, we, well, we know menopause is not until 45, but no, you had the last five years to deliver. You're officially old. And also for married couples, giving them timelines. Um, I don't know what's the accepted... Um, I don't know if they accepted, but yeah, I think for me, from experience, it's two weeks after tying the knot. <laughs> and I think we need to, I think just as a society, as a society, we need to stop, um, we need to stop giving timelines, not just even on reproductive health. You know, we have timelines on everything. When you should own your first car, when you should have a job, when you should have this when you should have that so we're so used with putting timelines to everything that when you don't meet the deadline <laughs> you know it, it, I, I don't think it's right i think i don't think it's right because i think once we remove timelines and things like that then we remove the pressure you know all these things you're hearing about people committing suicide. Unfortunately, it's very young people. You know, most of these people you're hearing going to witch doctors, they're very young people. She's 31. She's 30. She has a whole, you know, decade plus of natural fertility to go through. But no, she needs to deliver because the deadline was put. You know, <laughs> and she can't stand the labels. So I think we first of all need to get rid of the deadlines. You know, you have all, and and especially to our girl child, we need to tell the girl child like. You have, I, I don't want to say you have all the time in the world, but mm. there's no pressure. And stop living for society. Stop, let not society set your goals with timelines and whatnot and all that. Um, mm -hmm. Set your own goals, set your own timelines. Okay? Yeah, even for couples, set your own goals, set your own timelines. Because only okay. you understand the situation you're in. Yeah, I think we've we talked a lot about um, we've talked a lot about the woman, but I think, like you said, it takes two to tangle. So, uh, can you touch a little bit about um, how to relate in such times with your partner? Um, I think the first thing, like when we were discussing about. What are the solutions to this? And we're saying about information, just sharing and sensitizing the community about these things. I think for me, the, I'm, the most unsensitized groups are actually men. You know, like, do they understand? And for me, like, I like what you use the word partner. You see, don't use that word loosely. You're a partner. Partner means we're with you in this. And um, let's not also overlook male infertility. So for me, I've always say like for couples, like if you need to be able to have children, first of all, even roll out the man in terms of, um, they could be the one, I don't say with a problem, I don't want to use the word with a problem, um, but the link could be on the end, okay? The missing link. So let's have a lot of our men also businesses about. Lynette, real quickly, yeah. Lynette, real quickly. If you wanted to, um, you know, determine whether it is whether the man the man has, um, you know, some infertility problems, would you be able to go to the? Uh, is it is it a gynecologist that men see? I don't know. <laughs> but who would they go to? Where would you go? <laughs> um, I actually don't know. <laughs> uh, most hospitals 
they have um, I'll, I'll speak for us in Lusaka. Most most hospitals have uh, laboratories where you're able to come. They, they do it's called the spam motility count. Spam oh, count. Oh. It's a whole. It, it, it's like a profiling of the spam. Okay, oh. so it has so many things to do with shapes. I remember we started by disclaimer, we are not fertility experts, so I don't know the exact languages. But for me, what I've had is the shape matters, um, like, you know, the volume, the volume, the concentration. Unfortunately, uh, insurance doesn't cover such things, but it's not even that pricey, but it's just one of those things. It's, and it's actually a 15 minutes. Oh, okay. 15 minutes, you have your results, okay. yeah. yeah. And then you rule out, so... <laughs> Yeah, so I think, so I think uh, men, uh, for me, for any men watching this, I think it's it's a journey we need to go through together. Uh, raising a child, getting a child from conception all the way to raising the children, it's when we call ourselves parents, it's, it's not a one person role, okay? We are together in conception, we are together with the pregnancy, we are together in delivery throughout. That's the ideal situation. And I would like just for the community, especially uh, because there's not anything backed, backed up by men in this society. Ah, we are good to go. So I'd really like for men to back up. Back us up for this one. Remember, like I said, the prevalence is quite high. We're talking about 50%. So like when you hear these statistics, you'll be so shocked. So it's either one day, it's your mother, it's your daughter, or your sister, or just someone close to you will go through it, some of these things. So men, you need to change first of all your mentality, your part of this. Um and also even just your language, your approach, your sensitivity towards the women and how you view them. Um, you need to look at a woman as someone who's more than her reproductive system. Like I've always said, like we are beyond, you know, the whole diagram. Eh? Remember the diagram of which <laughs> we are beyond that reproductive diagram and all that. And just if men are empowered with this information, like know what conditions are out there. No, she's not cast. It's not that she was um, promiscuous. It's not something to do with promiscuity or anything. It's not a reflection of any of those things uh, most of the time, actually. And stop with the labels. Eh? Just get go out, get the information yourself before you speak, before you approach an issue. Have enough information about it. From the right sort. Yeah. Not just from peers. Yeah. So I think... Men should get on board in these conversations. Okay. Because remember also when we're being shamed, so, remember when the woman is being shamed, mm -hmm. they're also looking at you, eh? <laughs> so you better be armed with information also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Lynette, it's already an hour. Can you imagine? This conversation has flown by. conversation. I don't even know why you put it at one hour. Well, barely starting. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> ah yeah yeah no you see guys when Lynette and I start talking like we'll sit there for hours and hours and people are like <laughs> my son is sitting there thinking oh my gosh these people are still talking <laughs> yeah so do you have um any last uh, reflections on the topic and um I guess any resources that you could give, whether it's a podcast, uh, a book which you could recommend or anything, uh, yeah, please let us know. Um, parting words, 
like to any woman out there now that you are speaking to women you're not alone in this okay and um, so many other women are going through what you're going through and there's so much help out there there's so many other peers your peers out there who've been through what you've been through who are currently going through what you and who will go through what you're going through so there's a lot of the all there's this whole community ready to embrace you uh don't give up on yourself you're the first person you are your own on this one you're your own champion so don't give up on yourself uh you first need to take care of your own mental health your own physical health and then it's your own um prerogative to find out the information and the resources available to you they're out there okay um in terms of um in terms of resources like <laughs> i'll give you an application that i use for me baby center app okay it's just written baby very big platform with women worldwide um, from all parts of the globe who are part of it and from there for me i've been able to read from other women's experiences resources and whatnot there's a lot of information on that app and you get real life experiences so it's not it's different when you're reading it from a book but it's it's, it's easy when you're hearing another woman saying things and you're just like ticking like ah that was me that was me that was me that was me so for me that is the one place I'll say in terms of books um what I've discovered is no I'm not I'm yet to encounter one author who's comprehensive most of the authors tend to focus on what is this is this about this hormone it's about a lot of information out there when you google is just about research topics uh, which can be quite complex and hard to understand uh for me I'd say like but that's the biggest platform I'd say you use um and online groups on Facebook I know we are on Instagram but I'll redirect you to Facebook. On Facebook we have fertility groups for every country. Like trust me, you just need to go and type Congo, Togo, Mali, Dada. And join one of those groups that um from there you learn a lot. So for me, those are the resources I'll direct you back to. And any other resources I think maybe I'll be sharing with Chulu any other any other thing maybe I may have Mr. Tane maybe she can tag on the post later. Yeah, yeah definitely i will i will definitely um tag her advice on the post all righty so thank you so much lynette for coming through and just sharing your story and it is um it's so important for women like you said throughout our whole conversation today to realize that they are not alone and they can only understand hearing other women talk about these same issues and the uh, you know what they're going through what stages they're at and thank you you are amazing i shall definitely be posting um the resources in the converse in the post and yeah and i just wanted to let you know that um i'm always here on tuesdays at 4 p.m. central african time having conversations about women and you know these are conversations that are important to us that we don't always talk about as conversations that are taboo in our society but we really need to be having more and more of these conversations so as we ourselves as as african women can get to a place of healing get to a place of good mental health and just you know be able to support each other so every tuesday central african time 4 p.m. uh i'm here having a conversation on a taste of culture and i also just want to remind you that i will be hosting a retreat for um women 
that basically want to understand or dig deeper into what their purpose is. So um, it's called Know Your Purpose Retreat, and it'll be on the 15th to the 16th of August. If you're interested, please send me a DM. And really, it's just a time to get away from your busy life and, you know, just walk away and just focus solely on you. So if you're interested in that, please do get in contact. Plus, there's the Africana Woman blog, which drops every... Thursday, and I hope you are following and reading along. Lynette, do you have any anything you'd like to say? No, I think I'd already wrapped up <laughs> before we watch this. So for me, it's just say thank you for giving me this platform uh, and let's normalize the conversation. Definitely. Definitely need to normalize the conversation and learn to use different language, guys. Yeah, yeah. language that doesn't offend yeah uh love you guys thank you for joining and share this with a friend share this with someone who you think it will bless just share it share it share it and i know that the more we talk about these things the more it can help people so bye thanks lynette have you ever had a conversation that made you decide to immediately change your thoughts actions and behavior this was one of those conversations for me. I am very guilty of putting pressure on couples that are married and demanding to know when they will conceive. I am also guilty of making assumptions of barrenness. I mean, it absolutely shocked me to hear that infertility rates in Africa is at one in two women. That's crazy to me. Because, you know, I became pregnant with one touch. Hey. <laughs> so in my mind, I figured that it was as accessible for the majority of women. All the same, I would like to publicly apologize to all the women I applied stress and pressure to by interjecting myself into your reproductive life. I am sorry for adding to the deterioration of your mental health. Like it makes me feel so embarrassed about my behavior around this topic. So my call to action this week is that we begin to normalize conversations around infertility, both with men and women. The village, we need to do better. By the way, I am so happy to report that since our conversation, Lynette had a beautiful baby girl. This really goes to show that infertility is not an end-all be-all. It is a journey that can bear fruit with time and research and proper medical care. So please show some love to Lynette. And you can find her on um, Lynette N. Kamau, which is on Instagram. Tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. And, you know, just let her know what you thought about this conversation. Yeah. And thank you so much for making us part of your day by listening in. I truly appreciate you.
As always, I need your help to get the word out about the Africana Women podcast. All you have to do is take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your social media stories. Don't forget to tag me at Design or hashtag Africana Woman. I love to see your feedback. Or you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts because this really helps us to reach more women. Now, you know, my playground is Instagram. <laughs> if you want to chat with me personally, drop me a line. Until next week, I want you to remember, know your roots, grow your purpose. This has been a production of Ulendo Creative Media. You can find out more about their services on www.ulendocreative.com.